0: So what is post-Christendom and why does it matter? Uh, Post-Christendom is a term that if you uh, are in leadership in church ministry of any kind, you probably have come across in the last few years. And normally it gets discussed in sort of academic uh, frameworks and circles, but really it makes a difference for the everyday church leader and the everyday Christian trying to live out their faith in the 21st century. And it really helps to try to take it from those sort of more theoretical levels and, and put it down and say, how does this reality of post, post-Christendom, or I prefer to say the post-Christianization of society, because really it's something that's in process. And there are uh, certainly parts of our country that are very post-Christian, like Syracuse, New York, which has a church attendance of, of about 3.5%. But there are other places like Atlanta, Georgia, or Dallas, Texas, which certainly have pockets of, of post Christendom-like society but there are certainly places that are that are very uh, Christendom in those locations. And so it's something that's in process right now. And what that term describes is it's in contrast to the era of Christendom which some people date back to the time of Constantine. But really where that hits the ground is I think you can go to just about any town or city in the United States and if you go to the center of that town uh, you can look around the town square and you will see Usually not just one, but two or three uh, churches. And what that represents was that there was a time period for a very long time that the church occupied a place of of centrality and privilege in society. And you can see that uh, just even 20 or 30 years ago, where most things were closed on Sundays and uh, lots of people maybe even 75 to 80 percent of any community would identify with a particular church community. Uh, You didn't have sports activities and and soccer games and kids camps and and malls uh, open on Sundays uh, just a few decades ago. And those were all the vestiges of a time in which the church occupied this this centrality, this place of privilege uh, in our world. Pastors would find themselves on the boards of hospitals and boards of schools and and it was a day in which uh, was really fruitful for the church because of the place that we occupied. But since about the, the mid-60s, uh, that reality, at least in North America, has been sort of slowly eroding. And as the, the more it erodes, uh, the quicker that erosion is taking place. And so that's why in the last few years, there has been this great uh, increase in discussion and conversation about what are, what are the realities of a time in which the church... Uh, Though our buildings sometimes are still located in the town square, um, we don't occupy this place of centrality in the world anymore. And and a third of all people now work on Sundays and there are all kinds of competing activities, not just on Sundays but throughout the week for people's time. Um, We also see it in a way in which the Christian story is not understood uh, by people in and around our workplaces and in our schools. Uh, And that story there was a time period not very long ago that uh, the Christian values that came out of the Christian story had a, had a decent level of correspondence with the general values of society. And anybody that's been paying attention for the last 10 years would know that those values are getting increasingly further apart. And so the question that uh, really people are trying to get at around this idea of the post-Christianization of North America is what are the implications for the church when it is outside of the, the central social fabric of life? And what do we do? Because so many of our ministers and our churches have been framed and trained to operate uh, from this place of centrality and privilege. So because it's a thing that's in process, it's important that we sort of think about multiple avenues for ministry in uh, this part of the 21st century because there are certainly some places that still need to kind of approach either traditional ministry or what some people refer to as attractional ministry. An attractional ministry is the idea that uh, we, we set aside a certain time and certain programs and usually they're on Sundays and maybe Wednesdays and other activities throughout the week and that if, if they're done very well and we have, if we have good communication, good preaching, good music, good worship, um, if, if the parking is well arranged and the kids ministries are strong then then people will come so we'll send out a mailer or we'll have something on Facebook and uh, or we send out something an advertisement through Twitter and and people will be interested and there are certainly some parts of our nation where that's still an important uh, tactic but at the same time we need to begin to ask ourselves what about all the people and my guess is conservatively it's about 40 percent in some parts of the country it may even be up to 60%, in some parts perhaps even more. What about all the people who no matter how good everything we do is, have already pre-decided that it's just, it's just not of interest to them? And for those people, and those are increasing numbers, especially among the younger generations, we, we have to really uh, come with a more missionary approach to uh, our work, and we really have to see the church as a center of mission. And I just wanna give an illustration of this that I heard just yesterday while I was here at Asbury Seminary. Uh, there's a student who works at a restaurant uh, not too far away. And one of the things that he's trying to do is cultivate, a, I call it a fresh expression. Some people would call it a missional community, but a fresh expression of the church among the people that work there at the restaurant. And an interesting thing that's happening as he's forming this sort of quasi house church is that there are people who work in that restaurant and their family members that are beginning to come into a Christian community, uh, a church expression that they have said to the, to the leader, we would have never gone to a traditional church. And there are plenty of options around. Uh, I saw many of them while I was driving on my way in here. And I think that that expresses uh, a lot of the heartbeat of the mission mentality that we need to have because really what we need to do is we need to put the church that Jesus loves closer to where the people Jesus loves actually are. And so with this young man starting a church, uh, an expression of the church out of his relationships of work at a restaurant, he's putting the church that Jesus loves right up against where people's life is really lived at. And we used to be able to do that just by being where we were at the center of town when life naturally flowed toward us. But now one of our fundamental tasks is how do we get the church out of the church so that they can express and live as communities of the gospel uh, up close to people's lives. And that is one of the greatest implications of this post-Christendom shift that we're in. And of course there are many others, and it's a time in which some people look at that and they get discouraged. And it's a time that some people uh, become dizzying, have a dizzying effect in their, their mind and in their frameworks for how we should proceed. But this is an exciting time and I just want to encourage you and invite you to say to, to, to embrace this moment that we're in because we uh, are perhaps the last generation that could really make a substantial change in the, really the way the church sort of lives out its life in North America to position us for a future of fruitfulness when it comes to mission in this changing culture and climate. And so, I just encourage you to embrace those changes, to be courageous in making those changes, and then to trust the power of the Holy Spirit to join with us, to lead us into this new day.